Hello and welcome back to Next Gen. This is the latest episode in my podcast series all about where we are as a church, where we're going to be going in the future, and how we as young people can have an important part in it right now. Our culture as a church is an interesting topic and um, the latest things around the world are actually bringing out a lot of things uh, about our church. I have just written a blog post and posted it called Answers in Coronavirus. Uh, Within the uh, Adventist faith tradition, we've got a bit of a subculture when it comes to talking about things about the end times. I um, wrote this blog post kind of in a moment of... um, Frustration, but also I've been thinking for about the past three weeks about this whole thing. Um, I've seen lots of posts from anyone from people with honorary PhDs trying to claim they're experts in the area through to people who just sell essential oils, who are all these different things of people posting different theories about how to solve coronavirus. And then on top of that, I've also seen a lot of posts from Adventists grasping to straws when it comes to our understanding of prophecy. And so I want to uh, preface everything we're going to talk about today with, I believe in the Adventist church, I believe in our prophecies, but I think that we do need to have a stop and have a think about how we speak about them in light of what is going on in the world. So let's talk about our Adventist faith tradition. If you're not a part of the Adventist faith tradition, you might have heard about some of these things. And if you're interested, feel free to engage with me on our Facebook page at Andrew Pratt Online Ministries. Or you can leave a review, um, and then depending on your platform, you can even leave a comment. So within the Adventist faith tradition, there is a subculture. This subculture is typified by an almost egging on of any apocalyptic event in the hope that it is the end times. I can remember every time I've been in, a, in any location and we've had anything from a fire through to a flood, Adventists all around me immediately go, Matthew 24, Daniel 12, Revelation, this is the end, Jesus is coming back. And this is a very exhausting process to go through, particularly as someone who's constantly around uh, ministry and has grown up around that. It's something I've heard a lot. And I don't know if in your part of the world you've heard the same thing. And I've found that this goes a step further with an almost unfathomable fascination with proving the apocalyptic prophecies found in Daniel and Revelation. These prophecies are exciting and any Adventist theologian would agree that it is very relevant with the end indeed coming. We know that. But we've been ringing the bell that the end is nigh for over 150 years. Um, we, as the Adventist faith tradition, really started in 1844 ringing that bell, uh, before that actually, saying Jesus is coming back. And we were really convinced that Jesus would come back on October 22, 1844, and we now know that he didn't. And that's the great disappointment which formed our faith tradition, formed a lot of other faith traditions as well. So we've been ringing that bell that the end is nice for 150 years, yet we're still here. It's not a, and, and what I'm about to speak about is not a denial of the end, but it is a recognition that we can't look at every single disaster or global event as a sign of the end or that the end is just around the corner. So this is a bit of a fallacy. So what is the fallacy of the end? Many uh, Adventists spend much of their biblical reading looking for reasons, signs, and symbols that line up with the events that are occurring within the world 
His fascination only serves to breed a culture, in my opinion, of conspiracy theories and increases anxiety amongst our children, young adults, and adults alike. I've come across many a person who are just anxious whenever they start to hear people speaking about the end times because they've only heard it spoken about in negative terms. Yeah, sure, people might look forward to the end time, and I do believe many people genuinely do because they're excited for the fact that Jesus will turn again to take us home to be with him, but... I've come across 90% often of people that I've spoken to, like, oh, we need to be ready. It's going to be a tough time. Oh, it's going to be scary. Oh, we need to be ready. And that only serves to breed a sense of anxiety amongst young people. The idea of being ready for the end has been misconstrued with egging on the latter rain or end time events. And throughout the Gospels, Jesus made clear that in order to be ready, we just have to accept him and out of that serve our community. And we even know that in John 3.17, Jesus notes that he did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And then even throughout most of Paul's writing, in fact, in most of Romans is dedicated to this, and in Romans 3 in particular, Paul highlights the fact that following the law is not and never was the primary way to be a follower of Christ. Or rather, we know as a fact that loving Christ and being faithful to him, we find that in from Romans 3.9 on, allows us to realize how much we fall short of the glory of Christ, and therefore it convicts our hearts to choose Christ daily and pick up our cross and follow after him. In fact, by believing in Christ and allowing his faithfulness to overwhelm me and how faithful he is to me, it convicts me of the short falling I have and I choose to serve my community out of that response, out of my love and thankfulness for what Christ has done for me and the fact that I fall short of the glory of God, but Jesus came to stand in that gap. Our fascination with the end times, in my opinion, can definitely be traced back to the failure of 1844 and the Millerites' conviction that Jesus would return at a set date and time And in my opinion, our fascination with apocalyptic time prophecies is but an extension of this and may not, in fact, be essential to our church. From this, our minds are often drawn to the current global pandemic that is facing our world. And I've come across many Adventists that have immediately been drawn into quoting Revelation and many works of Ellen White to show that this is a symbol of the end happening soon. For many, in my opinion, these words offer a shallow hope. And in fact, we've got to bring about some bigger questions of why a God of love would allow his people to experience a pandemic. This is a bit of a theological quandary. If prophecy, which most scholars agree, are meant to provide hope, are instead causing mass distress, angst and anger amongst believers, there must be another answer that fits better with the overall picture of grace and love that is present in the Bible. N.T. Wright is an Adventist theologian and scholar. I'd almost call him a famous scholar. And he wrote a wonderful piece of writing on March 30, 2020. N.T. Wright wrote a wonderful piece in um, March 30, 2020. And N.T. Wright is a bit of almost like a famous Adventist theologian. And it was released globally to all through Time magazine. And Wright suggested that, the, that Christianity 
which included Adventism, is not meant to try and explain away the COVID-19 pandemic. Rather, we are called to lament with our community, lament in our isolation, and turn to God for hope and healing. And he said, just at the end of his writing, in fact, it is part of the Christian vocation not to be able to explain and to lament instead. As the Spirit laments within us, so we become, even in our self-isolation, small shrines where the presence and healing love of God can dwell. If turning to prophecy right now isn't going to solve the pandemic and instead only serve to distance our church from the community, Wright points out that we should turn to God and allow the new possibilities of ministry and hope and serving our community to flow out of this crisis. So where do we go from here? As yet another disaster will pass us by, because this will pass us by. We hear the inevitable sermons and warnings thrown around from Matthew 24, Daniel 12, and Revelation 12 to 14. We actually have an opportunity to change the narrative on what it means to be ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Within Daniel 12, it is easy to be distracted by the cataclysmic cosmic battle highlighted throughout the entire of EGW's or LNG White's Great Controversy. Rather, it seems to be hard for Adventists and Christians to believe the simple idea that God wins in the end. Daniel 12.1 notes, God's people will be delivered and all those that are written in the book of life will be delivered. Ellen White may have said it best in the Great Controversy. It will be seen that he who is infinite in wisdom, could decide no plan for our salvation except the sacrifice of his son. The the compensation for this sacrifice is a joy of peopling the earth with ransomed beings, holy, happy, and mortal. The result of the Savior's conflict with the powers of darkness is joy to the redeemed, resounding to the glory of God throughout eternity. And such is the value of the soul that the Father is satisfied with the price paid." And Christ himself, beholding the fruits of his great sacrifice, is satisfied. That's from the Great Controversy on page 652. So within our current crisis, we need to remember that the end is coming. However, it was never intended to be our primary focus. Our primary focus, our great commission, is to show people who Jesus is, who and what the gospel is as we continue our cosmic journey with the Godhead towards eternity. Conspiracy, fear, and Bible bashing are not methods that work in a 21st century world plagued by fear. So let's lament. Let's bring hope. Let's allow a spirit of peace to fill us in this time of anxiety. Let's reset our eyes upon him as we walk boldly towards a future where we know our high priest is working for us, just as we are working, standing in the gap for those around us that don't know Christ yet. We, as an Adventist church, have a wonderful opportunity to set the culture for the Christian world right now. We get to be an example to those around us, and we get to show them what it means to be a follower of Christ in crisis. We get to lament, but we also get to be faithful in the knowledge that Jesus Christ has saved us and redeemed us, and he is returning to take us back to be with him. That's a wonderful, wonderful thought. And I absolutely love that. And for me, I am excited to see where we go. I'm going to give you a challenge. Go out and read Deuteronomy chapter 15, 1 to 11. And have a read of it. If you don't understand it, read it again. 
and then maybe even read it again. And I've written down some notes here for it. I'm going to read them. So Deuteronomy 15, 1 to 11, some of the ideas that are there. It's highlights a seven-year cycle where all debts are cancelled within the Israelites at the end of it. The Israelites shall not require payment amongst their own people, and they can require a foreigner to pay, and they shall be no debt amongst their own people, and there shall be no poor among them. God wants us to look to those around us, our own people, and ensure that we are caring for them. So my key idea here is that there is a core commitment. COVID-19 is a pandemic, so let's not panic. Let's use it as an opportunity to restart and reset, to forgive and forget, and let's build a community centered on Jesus, excited for him to return, rather than centered on a theology of fear. Let's center ourselves on a theology of Jesus where we can build a community that is committed to the message that Jesus has preached. And if you want to read some more, have a read of Romans chapter 3 and verses 9 through to 31. And I think that's all that I've got for you guys today. So don't forget to uh, subscribe on whatever platform you're on and maybe go and hit that like button if you find me on Facebook. Uh, Andrew Pratt Online Ministries, and you'll see all my YouTube videos there, some of my Facebook videos, a whole collection of my stuff. Uh, and I'm excited to see where we go as a Christian church from this, because we have an opportunity to return to the first church and have our churches at home and be able to grow our church in a way that we have never seen before. I just can feel that we're on the brink of something special. So, with that, over and out, and I will catch you all in the next one whenever I get around to it.